back to the Jake in the Paint podcast. Today I'm joined by my boy Nick Patton, also known as Terps Hoops Insider. He's back for our second annual March Selection Sunday night of podcast. We're here to break down the brackets. We have a couple couple quick segments before we get to the bracket, but overall we're both really excited to break down. I mean, this is our favorite days of the year, favorite time of the year, favorite three-week stretch of the year. It's just an amazing time for diehard college basketball fans, and we've, I mean, I don't know about you, but we've, I've been refreshing the Bractology for the past month. All just the time. Jerry Palm, Joe Lenardi, all of them just, so when I tell you it literally took me two minutes to fill out this bracket because I've been contemplating and thinking about every single scenario, that's what it is. So we're here to talk to you the night of Selection Sunday. You have anything you got to say first? Nope. Just thanks for having me back. It's like to get this thing going. Of course. So when we laid out a couple of the of the quick segments that we want to do first, at the top of both of our lists was a kind of anti like mediocre power five teams versus the pro mid majors. But we just had to scrap that. The committee just had to show Belmont some love. Right. They didn't give them they didn't give them full entry yet. They still have to go to Dayton and play in. They play Temple, who isn't that we we'll talk about the American Conference later, oh, yeah. but not that daunting of an opponent. And teams that were really subpar in their conference, like TCU, who I talked about before, NC State, Clemson, kind of the teams that their resumes just got boosted because of how top-heavy their conference was, and they benefited because of that. And, yeah, they had, let's say, they had three Quadrant 1 wins. In Clemson's case, they only had one. But some other teams had a good amount of Quadrant 1 wins, per se, but they also got 13 or 14 chances at Quadrant 1 wins. So I, what I'm trying to say is those wins should probably be taken with a grain of salt. The committee took care of that, so we need to, we're need to we scrapping that rant. And we're going to talk about some of our biggest winners and losers. So, start off, who would be, do you have any, like, I try to keep it at one, but sometimes just multiple teams catch your eye. Who are your biggest winners and losers from Selection Sunday? My winner is Virginia. Um, I think that they got a pretty good draw. Mm -hmm. Kansas State isn't isn't that uh, intimidating to me. Neither is Wisconsin. Actually, Virginia-Wisconsin matchup would be... Oh some God. of the most well, we boring got that. basketball. We got that. That was Battle for Atlantis. Yeah, right, right. That, yeah. Was, that, was, Again, the most be, that was the most classic yeah. thing because it was like these two boring, not ugly, but like old school styles in this like modern Baham like Bahamas ballroom yeah. with these like strobe lights <laughs> everywhere. It was just the most ironic match of all time. But keep continue. Yeah, so both teams are, they like to run their offense, mm -hmm. slow pace, get all the cutters, mm -hmm. a lot of cutters, a lot of movement in their offense, which is good. Mm -hmm. But it'd be some boring basketball to watch. But I like Virginia as a winner right? just because of the teams they got in their uh, little region. For sure. Ole Miss, Oklahoma. Oklahoma got seated too high, in my opinion. Yep, yep. Yeah. And then they're your only winner? Um, I'm not putting – I need to put you on the spot. Yeah. Uh, what about – That's probably my big winner. What about losers? Loser? Ooh, I'm gonna have to go with. I, th I think Gonzaga got a bad draw 100%. just because yeah, of I agree. Florida State, yep. which is gonna be a great matchup. I yep. have that in my Sweet 16. Uh, two athletic teams going yep. at it, mm -hmm. and uh, they have Marquette, who can you never know surprise sh yep. shoot the shoot lights out, and yeah. So I have I have two winners and two losers. My big winner is Tennessee. I think they got a really favorable draw, and I think they deserve it. I think they're one of the top teams in the country the entire year. They showed that. They're consistent. They don't have any bad losses. I mean, today, 
Definitely didn't play their best. They got off to a really shaky start with 12 turnovers in the first half, which is obscene. But then, I mean, you saw them start to pick it up on offense, but it was too late. They just ran into a red-hot Auburn team, and we know Auburn. There's two versions of Auburn, the ones we saw today and the ones that took Kentucky down to the wire and Duke down to the wire in Maui, and then there are teams that just don't show up when, when they're not shooting well and they're inconsistent they're not playing defense, and they're just really sporadic, and they just called Auburn on the wrong day. But I don't think that's a good representation of what this team is. I think they earned it, and they got a favorable draw, Cincinnati and Iowa, and neither of those teams really scare me. We both think Purdue was kind of overseeded as a three, despite being co-Big Ten champs in the regular season. Right. And Villanova, who I like, and I have them going to Sweet 16, we'll talk to that, about that later. But Villanova certainly had their ups and downs, and the talent's there, the experience is there, but you never know what you're going to get. So Tennessee, not that they have a free ride to the Elite Eight, but I definitely think they're teams that got a less favorable draw, especially when we're talking about the two line in terms of Kentucky and even one could argue Michigan. Obviously, we'll get to all this later, but Tennessee just jumps off the bat as a big winner for me. And then my second winner, I have Virginia Tech. And I mean, I have them losing my Sweet 16, so people might say, why is that such a big winner? But if you're going to get to the second weekend as a four seed, that means you did your job. You didn't get upset. You took care of all the lower seeds in your little quadrant, and they got blessed with a bid stealer in St. Louis who was very talented but just can't really put it together. Yeah, they got yeah, they walked away with the A ten championship, but St. Bonaventure really had that game in the bag and dude missed shots, a stupid foul by their best player, just kind of handed that game away and they were a bid stealer crashing the party. So I I think they get a less intimidating opponent in the first round where they could have gotten maybe a team like UC Irvine or maybe Old Dominion if they snuck up onto the thirteen line. And then Mississippi State, a team I've never really been high on, even since the preseason, I said I didn't like them. Um, they just really have no one that jumps off the page. They've been up and down in the SEC, and the SEC is really, really good. And they just haven't really shown, they haven't really asserted their mark in that conference. And I have them getting upset, so I think Virginia Tech's a big winner in my book, getting to play a less deserving 13 seed and then a 12 seed en route to the Sweet 16. And then my loser is Michigan State by far. I mean, what do you think about that draw? They they, sh- they easily could have been the one seed. Not only were they not a one seed, they're the two seed that has to play Duke if they want to get to Minneapolis. Yeah, I mean, I think that all, before the Elite Eight, it's it, they have a pretty good draw. That's but true. when they that get to true. the Elite Eight, that's, I mean, it, that's the worst case scenario. Brutal. Right You're playing the best team in the country. Right, exactly. And Well, who, who, who the team who put, most people think is the best team in the country. Yeah, right. Who would you have put as who who would you have put Michigan State over as for one seed? Uh, it's tough. I thought they were going to bump Gonzaga. That yeah, that, that I thought they were going to bump Gonzaga because Gonzaga and while I think Gonzaga is really really good, they did take care of Duke at the Maui. But they just they had they lost to Tennessee and that was a really bad loss to St. Mary's and UNC. And UNC well. And UNC. But I mean that's in UNC. I can't really hold right, them up for yeah. that. So my point is like, yeah, they, they what they did this year is they went out and played the power conference teams rather than just hiding on the West Coast. But I really think you lose to a team that you beat by fifty earlier in the season. I was defending them. I don't care how bad of a shooting that you have, that's a really, really bad look. So I thought the committee who and Gonzaga, despite if we want to take away that season where they made it to the final four and the national championship game, they've really been poor in the NCAA tournament. So I thought the committee was really going to use the Michigan State title, the Big Ten Championship win, the really good comeback, even without Aaron's after that brutal ankle injury. I really thought they were going to reward them and give them the one seed. 
I wasn't surprised because they talked about geography and why not keep Gonzaga on the West Coast, their West Coast fan base. But if we're talking about teams who I thought they were going to bump, Gonzaga it was definitely the one. Yeah, for sure. And then my final loser before we move on is Kentucky. And Kentucky is a team that I really, really like. I really like Kentucky, and I think they have a ton of NBA talent. I think they probably have three top 25 picks, I would say, in my opinion, with P.J. Washington, Kelvin Johnson, and Tyler Hero. I don't think Tyler Hero is going to come back based on the way he's been playing, and I think they're loaded. They're they're really versatile. E.J. Montgomery really came into himself in that Tennessee game, which was really good to see. His length, he's active, he's athletic. I mean, pairing him with P.J. Washington is a mean front court, but they just ran into a gauntlet with this draw. Yeah, for sure. I uh, mean, when you put Wofford and Seton Hall there, yeah. it's them. Just picking those just, two well, teams just to, alone. And you need hard. to go past them to get to the second weekend. Yeah, exactly. And then you're going to either run into a Houston team who's been dominant all year, regardless of what their competition is. And despite today, <clears throat> they've been really consistent all year. And then either an Iowa State team. Up and down. Up, up and, and down, down. But they have dudes that you don't want to play. Right, exactly. Like, they have dudes that you don't want to play against. So for them, and then get all, past all that. They have to play North Carolina, who has proven themselves to be, in my opinion, one of the three best teams in the country. Nobody who nobody really talks about as a yeah. championship contender. But I agree. We'll get to that later. Yeah. But I do think Kentucky got a really unfavorable draw based on their entire season showing. So got through the winners and losers. Now we have your segment. As you guys know, go. Nikki is an avid diehard Maryland fan. And he's been waiting for a platform to just go off. And I don't really blame him. Being a Maryland fan is very frustrating. It's just this constant cycle of averageness. Just never can go up, never down. And you, you think you're going to get there. You think you're going to turn the corner. And then you have one big setback. So pull out your facts. Pull out your research. Terps Hoops Insider, I'm going to give you the floor. All right. So here we go. So... Mark Turgeon, right? He's he's a nice guy. I've heard nothing but great things about him right. outside of coaching. And if he were to, I'm gonna give credit to Kevin Sheehan that he's uh, he has his own podcast. Okay, found some of this from. Gotta give him props. Yeah, but is he a Maryland? Is he what is he? Yeah, he uh, DC area. Okay, okay, yeah, all that stuff. Um, he said if he were fired, he would be picked up in a minute because he can coach at the college level. Yeah, right. But his issue is coaching up to the level of talent that he has. Okay. Which, I agree with that. You know, you yeah. got an NBA player in Bruno. Uh-huh. You got a, a future NBA player in Jalen Smith, who he'll probably, he's going to stay this year, after this year. Okay. Um, Keep going. Yeah. So those you got those two guys, and you got an experienced point guard in Cowan. You got Aaron Wiggins, mm-hmm. uh, Eric I really Ayala. Like- He's one of my favorite players on the team. Yeah. He, he by the way, he could be I've seen him mock draft in the next next He's the year. look. He's the look. Yeah. But keep going. Um so we got we got that. And then also the issue is that I have with Mark and his coaching style is when you're playing a Nebraska team who's got <laughs> six scholarship players, you'd think that you would run the ball up and down the court, yeah. right? Tire him out, get him gassed. Mm-hmm. And we have the athletes to do that. Yeah. That's the thing. And Nebraska has been giving up 90 points in like the, ever since they lost Copeland. They've been getting up a lot. I think it was their past six games. They've given up like 90 points. Okay. Okay. And we have scored, we scored 20 points at halftime. 
which is awful. I mean, if we're also we're ranked three hundred, we're ranked in the three hundreds in per possessions per game. No way. Yeah. There's three hundred. There's awful. like three hundred thirty teams in Division One. Right. Yeah. Which is awful. <laughs> and when you're playing against a team like that, as I said, you got to push the pace. Yeah. You got to go, yeah. go. And we have scored less than twenty points in four of our last twelve games at halftime. No. Less than twenty points. That's atrocious. Which is awful. And I have a source. Season tickets are going down. Are going down. You the, there? You there? You go. There's the insider part. There's the, the scoop. There, there you go. That that's my. So uh, I saw a stat while we're on Maryland. Uh huh. I saw a stat and it said Bruno didn't take a shot in the last 13 minutes of the Nebraska game. Right. And the people in the replies were like, Turgeon, 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 Turgeon. Mm-hmm. What do you? Whose fault? Who do you think that falls on? Okay. Well, he was getting doubled. Okay. Right? Um, he has handled the double pretty well, mm-hmm. f- like fairly well most of the season. Mm-hmm. I don't know why this was a problem for him. Yeah, I think his issue is when he catches the ball in the post, he likes to wait mm-hmm. rather than Go. he did one time and it worked. He got an and one, which is only three points of the game. Yeah, he caught the ball, bat, spun, uh, uh, drop step. Mm-hmm. Uh, who was it? Tanner Borkhard. Yeah, and got an and one. Yeah, an easy bucket. And one last thing is that I uh, I talked to an NBA scout who, last year who was here for uh, Herder, okay. who was at the game for Herder, and he said that I think it was a Raptors or it was a Raptors scout, okay. yeah. uh-huh. which doesn't really matter. But yeah. um, they he said that ter- under Turgeon, these guys are not going to develop to their full potential. Yeah. You see somebody like Kevin Herter, right? When he went to the the um, draft or the scouting and everything, shot up the boards. Yeah, that's you true. see their potential, and I think that's possible for Bruno. Right now, he's ranked twenty seventh mm-hmm. in big boards. He could shoot up to fifteen just because yeah. of athleticism and all. Um, but yeah, he 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 mentioned how Turgeon is not good at developing his players. Right? Yeah, underdeveloped. I, th- I th- I'll. Last thing on Maryland, but I'm I'm gonna roll with that. I mean, because you look at Kevin Herter's wild su- success in the NBA. I was really really high on him coming out, higher than most. Um, I thought he was. I can't remember my shooting guard rankings, but I just remember there was like a cream of the crop of like five to six shooting guards, and I thought him and Divincenzo were like neck and neck. And I eventually put him over Divincenzo because he can play both sides of the ball. He's smart. He's He's very athletic. I'm not saying sneaky. He's very athletic. He's lengthy. He's legit 6'7 as a shooting guard, but he's not, like, awkward on the court. He's fluid, but my point is you didn't see all that in Maryland. Right, Like, exactly. you didn't see all that. Mm-mm. My best memory of him is when Syracuse decided to play him in his zone, and he was like, okay, you're going to let me walk into a three? Right. I don't care, if it's, from, I don't care if it's from 28 feet. Mm-hmm. I don't care how deep this is. Like, if you're going to give me space, I'm going to shoot it. But that's right. not a product of Turgeon. Exactly. That's him just having ridiculous range. And Jim Bayham not sending one of his top two guys out to make sure there's a hand in his face all the time. I mean, there was three straight possessions where he would just, he just came down. I'm sure you remember. He just oh, yeah, came down yeah. and pulled from like literally 27 feet. Yeah, that was one of his best games. Best in games. And, but like, and that, when I watch that in terms of draft stuff, you're like, okay, this kid can do all this. But he didn't really show it. And it was interesting. He tested the waters and he wasn't sure if he was going to go. He was viewed in the late 30s, maybe some second round stuff. And, he came out, and he had a broken hand, and he still managed to shoot up boards. Right. So I think, I'm, listen, 
out of all the detergent stuff I see, I think that is a really fair assumption mm-hmm. because he's had some really talented players yeah. in his ter- in his tenure at Maryland. One last thing before we move on that I want to say mm-hmm. is what I want to see from this team in the tournament is all right. So they're top twenty five in offensive efficiency. Right. Okay. What I'd like to see is more offensive possessions with less efficiency. Mm-hmm. Because okay. when you're pushing the ball, sometimes you're going to make mistakes, yeah. but you're speeding up the pace of the game and you get the guys more energized. Right. And the thing that we lack outside of Bruno is a, like a, a leader. Yeah. Bruno, Bruno's a leader, but we don't have guys who are emotional. Mm-hmm. You know? And yeah, yeah that's, I would, I would build. I would say, I mean, yeah, go run the floor. You have Anthony Cowan, who's really, really fast in the open court, and Bruno's an NBA-level room runner, so mm-hmm. why you're not getting out in transition, throwing lobs, all that stuff, I agree. I think that's valid. Yeah. So moving on from Maryland, we have who do you think is the lowest seed that can pull an upset? Not you're saying this is a lock, but something we should be on notice for. So I'd watch out for Old Dominion okay. because I, like them too. I do not like this Purdue team at all. Mm-hmm. If Carson Edwards is off, they might as well be a – a playing kind of team yeah. without him, uh-huh. you know, uh, BJ Stith, uh, I think it's Cavell. I think is the, the other guy's Cavell, last yeah. name. Yeah. yeah. Two senior, senior guys, which is what I like in this tournament. That's my strategy experience and guards. You'll okay. notice that as th- those are the teams that went, yeah. you know, you got Jalen Brunson, mm-hmm. Devin Chenzo, Josh Hart. There's a Chris Jenkins. Dare disrespect RTD. I can <laughs> Archie oh Diakna coming to my house. Forgot about him. <laughs> came to my house, came on my podcast, and didn't mention Ryan Archie Diakna. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Continue. Uh, yeah. So that that's what you'll notice as my my strategy that I like to look at every year is. I know it's kind of going away from the yeah. little seed, but my strategy is guards and experience because those are teams that you'll notice have won. As I said, that, that Villanova team, the North Carolina you had, mm-hmm. uh, Marcus Page. Yeah. Uh, who else? You remember anyone else from that team? Um, in was, terms of guards, those yeah, were really guards. the top guards. Who, who? It was good forward or something. They Bryce Johnson. Bri- yeah, the Bryce Johnson. Won. There you go. Yeah. Um, and then I don't know, dating way back, Peyton Siva, Russ Smith. Ooh, that team was dirty though. Uh, don't don't say Luke Hancock. Luke <laughs> <laughs> Luke Hancock Luke. ripped my house. <laughs> Luke Hancock. That was the hardest thing I ever to watch in person. He ripped my heart from me. Anyways, yeah, I like that, though. I think you sh- people should be on notice for that. My pick, I also went the 14 seed. I picked Yale over LSU. I mean, we've been betting on Ivy Leagues the entire year. Yale's good. They have a legit NBA prospect. But I, I, I botch his name all the time. It's like me, Mio Oni. <laughs> But you'll see him when when he's only when you watch them you'll be like okay yeah that's the guy that's getting second round NBA buzz, but this is more of an anti LSU thing. I mean we talked about it. I've talked about it on my multiple NBA podcasts about how we underestimate the human aspect of things in terms of college bat in terms of the NBA. We like underestimate how when people when players feel like they're on the trade block how that affects stuff. And those are guys who already know this is a business. We're talking about an LSU team who their head coach has. They have alleged wiretaps of their head coach saying stuff that would pretty much incriminate him and put him in jail. I mean, we have, I made a hell of an offer to say that a million times over the phone to a middleman. I mean, come on, like he's done. And then he asked if he can keep, is, he asked if he can resume coaching. School says no. Javante Smart, who's been a pretty key piece of their success this season, his name has been in the wiretaps. He's playing right now, but it's really uncertain. And the whole situation is really uncertain. And so for college kids, 
and they don't think basketball is a business right now. So for them to be able to put everything to the side and lock in against a really well-founded Yale team who is disciplined, they run their stuff, they put up a lot of points, they can run with anybody. I don't think I don't I wouldn't put Yale to win in my bracket, but I definitely think this game should be on notice than a, a lot more than it's being put on for. Yeah, I and, like that one because also the LSU without uh Wade, uh, Will Wade. Will Wade, yeah. They beat Vanderbilt, which is easy. They didn't mm. win the game all season Yeah, in the SEC. Um, and then they lost to Florida. So we don't know how good they can be without yeah. Wade, uh, Will Wade, a coach. Yeah. I mean, and the coach got a tech, the interim coach got a technical foul in a really crucial time in that Florida game. And that's mm-hmm. just the thing like, you can be really mad, but you cannot go over that line to the point where it hurts your team. And he, that was a, huge technical foul that ended up costing them the game i mean not directly costing them the game but in return so if you if you can't handle yourself on the sec tournament stage it's hard for me to believe that you're gonna propel these guys to the run that their talent permits them to be capable of right so that that would be my upset watch so in turn who do you when we came with this segment your highest seed that's on the cool throne kind of a team that everyone's already writing off getting upset I mean, this was an easy one for me. It seems like this category is made for one of these teams at this point. But who's the team that everyone is saying, oh, they're done, they're getting upset, but you think is actually legit good and is going to weather the storm? So here's my homer pick, and I'm going to give a a small pick outside of my homer pick, but I'm going to go with Maryland. I've seen everybody, but John Rothstein, the boy, (laughs) (laughs) picking (laughs) picking Belmont. Rothstein picked Maryland? Yeah, he's got Maryland going to uh, the Street 16. I actually saw something on SB Nation. Somebody was Maryland going to the Elite Eight, which I okay. do not know about. Okay, okay. Um, Continue. But uh, Maryland, so these these players, they read the blogs. They see everybody shitting on the program, all that. And what the, they actually tweet about it, which is interesting. So I think that they could come out with a different game plan, okay. which I hope, but... I don't. I don't know. I, I think it doesn't that matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> they're just not good. They're not good. I'm sorry. Like they're I not know, good. I know. I know. They're I'm, not I'm deep. hoping. I'm they're hoping. not experienced. They're inconsistent shooting. Cowan has been really high volume and hasn't produced. And Awful they don't know how to get Bruno the ball. Year. They're not that good. I'm sorry. I know. So it's okay. Know. They're just not that good. So my team. Oh, who's your other pick? Okay. So other than Maryland, I am gonna go with. Uh, hmm. Kind of on the spot. Let's see if I can figure this out. Um, I'll do. How about I'll do mine? Yeah, you go. I'll yeah, do mine. Go so mine is Marquette. Um, everyone is already writing them off. Everyone is all of a sudden the biggest John Morant fans. And they they weren't there. They weren't there watching the OVC games back in January against Belmont. But it's all right. We'll we'll let them hop on the bandwagon now. It's okay. But with all that being said, Murray State is just not that good of a basketball team John Morant is one hell of a player and probably going to check in at number two on my big board and he's nuts and he will carry this team as close as he can to the finish line but at the end of the day Marquette played really well in the Big East obviously they had their ups and downs but Marcus Howard is nuts and when he's on and he's usually on he doesn't really have that bad games that often Marcus Howard combined with both the Hauser brothers I think this is going to be too much for Marquette and I think it's gonna be to the point where 
Howard and John Morant, while they don't have the same NBA projection on the college level, I think they're pretty much going to cancel each other out. So then that leaves the rest of Murray State against the rest of Marquette. And with that, I think Marquette is going to advance. But everywhere I've seen, 5-12, easy, Murray State, easy, lock it up. And I just don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, um, I'm just going to stick with my Maryland one, but I also have the same outlook on that Murray State Marquette one, which okay. would have been my other one. All yeah, right, so the same. our last segment before we get to the actual bracket, I didn't know what to call this. It was either going to be first team all March moment, first team all one shining moment. I think we'll go with that. I yeah. like that. Yeah, that's good. I don't really – the criteria is kind of vague because it's not necessarily the best players in March because then it would be like Zion and all those guys. It's kind of – Everyone, because this is when everyone that doesn't watch college basketball all year long, they all sort of culminate and be like, oh, that guy's kind of fun. Right. That guy's yeah. kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I like this guy. And so it's kind of a culmination of that kind of maybe teams that are going to go far and their best players going to get put on notice or just guys that are college basketball gems that the average fan doesn't know about. And or in my case, one of, one of my guys or two of my guys, I think their strong tournament performances are going to propel them up NBA draft boards. So if you're... First team all one shining moment. That's what we'll call it. Who who's your team? So we got Miles Powell. That's a great pick. Is my favorite player in college basketball after the Big East tournament. It's a bucket, <laughs> straight bucket. C.J. Massenburg. Yeah. Jared Harper from Auburn. Uh-huh. Sam Merrill from Utah. It's State. the best pick. I am. I when you told me that, I was so mad that I forgot about that. <laughs> He's so good. Boy can score. He's so good. He does it in every way possible. He can dish it out too. Utah State, assuming they take care of Washington in that week 2-3 zone, I think they could give North Carolina. That is going to be one fun game. Yeah, Utah State, North Carolina. Under, underrated uh, game to watch. Yeah, definitely. And then my last guy was Rui Hachimura. Had to throw a big man in there. You don't think he's underrated or overrated? I don't think so. No, I, li- I like it. He's, got, he's athletic. Uh, I don't know. I think he's good. I, I think he's good, right? I think he's, yeah. I think he's good. I, I don't know about like all this NBA hype that he's getting. Right. I think he still has a lot of stuff to refine. Um, he played well against Duke, which was encouraging. I didn't know if he could really do it against that top level competition. Yeah, it was but you do just wonder how much of his just like pure strength and athleticism and just like nosedive drives just like get him by in that conference. But we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. So my team, I have Kobe White, my favorite player, my p- favorite player in college basketball. Love Kobe White, the McDonald's All American game last year. He's the hair is amazing, and just he's really really fun to watch. He's all of six five. He's elite size for a point guard. You could play him off ball too because he he's wired to score. Great catch and shoot shooter. Has the pull up in the bag. We saw him finishing around the rim, went straight at Zion, and hit him with a really good left hand finish over the weekend. He just has everything in the bag, and people are really taking notice for him. But I think he could have a really good tournament in. I have Carolina going to the Final Four and maybe even beyond, but I think he's going to have a really good tournament and really start to solidify himself as one of the top guards in the class. Then I have Fletcher McGee. Had to. Walter. Had to. <laughs> if not, I we couldn't we couldn't figure this out. He's either all-time leading three-point shooter in terms of career makes in NCAA, tour, in NCAA history, or he's one or two away. Regardless, it's like over 500. He's shooting he's shooting eleven attempts per game this year and he's shooting let me pull it back up again. Just a stupid number. The shots, once you guys see the shots he takes in the first place, let alone makes are just insane. Like his body control in air, the way he turns his body, it's just a sight to see and all the regular college basketball fans 
all the, I would say only the avid college basketball fans really know who he is, but all the regular average basketball fans are going to be in for a treat when you see Fletcher McGee play. So moving on, my next guy, Taylor Horton Tucker, the definition of a big guard out of Iowa State. Lethal in transition. He gets to the rim quick. NBA scouts really love his ability to put the ball in the bucket. Streaky shooter, but when he's hot, he can make them. And he kind of just the complete package for an Iowa team that, like I tweeted, they have dudes. And they're going to be really entertaining to watch. I think they're going to make it around to the second weekend. They didn't really get a favorable draw with Houston. Some people love Houston. Some people hate him. But regardless, Taylor Horton Tucker is a lot of fun to watch. And I think people are really going to flock to him more during March. My fourth guy is Terrence Mann. A lot of I've been hearing a lot of Florida State buzz as of late, especially over the past couple of days. A lot of people picking them to repeat and upset Gonzaga. Last year they upset Gonzaga and ended their Cinderella or not Cinderella ended their Final Four hopes before losing to my Michigan Wolverines in Elite Eight. But I think Florida State is just as good as last year, if not better. Um, they're athletic, they're lengthy, they get out and run, they wreak havoc, and Terrence Mann is at the center of all that. Um, the seniors really starting to get a little bit of NBA buzz now. People seeing him towards the second round, maybe even as an undrafted guy getting opportunity to prove himself in summer league. But I've always been amazed by him. He can jump out of the gym, and he really plays his heart out. And my last guy is Brandon Clark. Brandon Clark, he's on my list because I think he's going to solidify himself as a lottery pick in the NCAA tournament. I think Gonzaga is really good. Uh, they definitely got an unfavorable draw based on having to play Syracuse if they win and prepare for that zone in a day. Then, like I just talked about, getting an athletic Florida State team before maybe facing either Texas Tech or Michigan, two teams that play really good half-court defense and slow you down. So they definitely got an unfavorable draw, but Brandon Clark is going to do what Brandon Clark does. He's a beast around the rim on offense and defense. He dunks everything. He swats everything. The stat, I don't know if you heard the stat, they said on the broadcast – he is more blocks than missed missed shots oh, overall. Wow. More blocks than missed shots, which is just unheard of, ridiculous. Averaging over three blocks per game and shooting in the 70s. I love his game. I don't really know what position he plays at the next level, but I'm confident he'll find a spot. It's a crazy stat. Yeah, ridiculous stat. So those that's my first team all one shining moment. And then last little or one last segment before we move on to the brackets we're going to tell you guys what our fir- favorite first round matchup is and why there are a lot of good ones a lot of star-studded matchups in the 7-10 5-12 Nick is going to give you his and now I'm going to give you mine all right so my uh favorite first round matchup I got uh Wofford versus Seton Hall mm-hmm. these are two of the hottest teams riding the tournament yeah Miles Powell versus uh, Fletcher McGee should be an entertaining one yeah, uh, two high, high-level shooters. You mentioned Miles Powell on your team. I had Fletcher McGee on mine. Um, both capable of just lighting it up on any given day, so that definitely should be a fun one. Mine, um, some people are going to call me pretty basic, but I had to go with Marquette versus Murray State. I'm more than, more than anything excited to get a look at John Morant in terms of an NBA sense. I mean, we know he can get it done. He's dominated the OVC at, for 25 points, 10 assists. And five rebounds. Some, I mean, he was around those averages all year. The only, I mean, I'm not too worried about the turnovers because that's just a byproduct of him having the ball in his hands all the time and him, him having to create. I mentioned before, I was telling someone this, that I actually caught a couple full games and one or two turnovers a game from him are just like things he sees and his teammates don't because he's just at such a higher level than them. Right. So that's clearly not going to happen at the NBA. So I'm excited to see him go against a power five, t- or Biggie's not power five, but one of the premier teams 
in one of the premier conferences in college basketball in Marquette. Marquette doesn't play a lot of defense, so maybe it's not his best test in terms of NBA terms, but the Marcus Howard, John Morant, I mean, that's going to be an amazing duel all day. And then to see Marcus Howard, too. I think Marcus Howard's a guy who can who definitely has a spot in the NBA. Is he undersized? Yes. Does he not pass a lot? Yes. But he's a guy that's going to give anyone a bucket. I mean, I'm confident he can give anyone at any level a bucket. Just the shots he makes, the step backs, the sidesteps. For a guy his size to make, he literally leads he literally needs no space to get the shot off and John Moran a pretty good on-ball defender himself when he can expend the energy so again can't say it enough that should be a really really entertaining matchup for two of my favorite guards in the country any any last words before we move on to the bracket not at all all right so we'll start with our picks the east region I'm assuming we don't neither of us have that UVA Cinderella that thing happening with Duke nope Duke all right, so both have Duke moving on, VCU, UCF. I think we're both VCU on this one. Yeah, yeah. Get the American. Get the American conference. Out of here. <laughs> Get the American conference out of here. We do not. We're definitely selling all stock in the American conference. Don't buy the hype. Kelvin Sampson, thirty wins, Houston. Don't buy it. None of it. Even though Taco Fall versus Zion would be so funny. That would, yeah, that would be cool. To see. Imagine just Zion would. Oh my God, he'd put him in such a body bag. <laughs> Absolute body bag. Um, Mississippi State Liberty. I like this one a lot. Not a lot of people are talking about this. Who do you got in this game? I have Liberty in this one. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. I think Mississippi State underachieved last year, and people kind of just assumed they would be pretty good this year because they brought back all those guys. I said in our preseason pod, hey, you didn't produce last year, and all you're doing is bringing back the same guys. You got to show me something. And they really didn't. I mean, I feel like they kind of consistently underwhelmed all season. I mean, they have a win against Wofford, but... And they played LSU close, split with Auburn, but again, lost to Tennessee twice, lost to Kentucky twice. They really didn't get those premier wins in the SEC that you would have liked to see. Um, so I have no problem with them getting upset. I think Liberty's a really good 12, and they're not as sexy of a pick as Murray State is or even New Mexico State because of their recent success, but I think Liberty takes this one. Yeah, and a cool story about uh, Scotty James, Liberty. Yeah. Uh, top scorer, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. He started at Bradley. Okay. Um, didn't wasn't much of a scorer there, but his mom was actually a professor at Liberty. At Liberty. So okay. yeah. So when he was transferring, his mom put together a tape for the Liberty coaches. Yeah. And uh, he at the time he wasn't even considering Liberty, but his mom kind of pulled him yeah, in. Yeah, mom gave him a nudge. Yeah. <laughs> And he ended up get the coaches end up liking the film, and they were ended up falling. That's a good match, March Madness story. I like that story. Like, yeah, yeah, they're hundred percent mentioning that te- during the broadcast. Yeah, you, you can no book doubt. it. You can book it. Anyways, moving down, Virginia Tech and St. Louis. St. Louis bids through in the A10. They kind of got this rep as the most talented team in the A10, despite being like sixth in the conference. And especially when, when the a was down this year, I'm not really buying that. They have a couple former high recruits and a couple talented guys, but I think Virginia Tech's really good. Not really good, but I think they're pretty good, especially with Justin Robinson coming back, take a little bit of load off Nikhil Alexander-Walker, even though he was really, really good when he had to fill in as more of a primary ball handler with Justin Robinson out. Still, with Nikhil Alexander going a little bit more off-ball, Justin Robinson, even though he might not be 100% yet, getting back into more of that creating and playmaking job. I think Virginia Tech handles St. Louis pretty easily. Yeah, uh, agreed. St. Louis doesn't 
isn't very efficient on the offensive end. Uh, pretty sure they're in the lower half mm-hmm. in the NCAA. Yeah. And then you have Virginia Tech, who's got a great defense. So not really a good matchup for St. Louis. Yeah. So next is the Maryland versus Belmont slash Temple. Depending upon when you listen to this pod, the Belmont-Temple game may or may not have already happened. You probably will listen to it after it had happened. So I'm going to go with the assumption I think Belmont's going to win the game. So my picks are that Belmont is going to beat Temple and then beat Maryland. However, if Temple does win, instead of Belmont going to the Sweet 16, I'll have Maryland going to the Sweet 16. So that's where I'm at with that. Yeah, and, you know, I got to go with the homer pick. Yeah, the true Maryland fan. Uh, Belmont likes to get up and down the floor, mm-hmm. but I think Maryland's size is, will be too overwhelming for the Belmont team. Yeah, you, you, you and John Rothstein, the only two Terps fans left. <laughs> <laughs> the only two Terps fans left. So then the team that is really talented but doesn't have a coach, LSU Tigers against Yale. That I've seen a lot of buzz on that. That was my pick for the lowest seed that could realistically pull an upset. I'm not going to go with Yale. I think that's a little premature just based on the NBA-level talent that LSU has. Um, we did mention that Yale also has an NBA prospect, Mie Oni, I'm pretty sure that's how you pronounce his yeah. name, mm-hmm. getting some second-round looks. Maybe we'll slip into the 40s, 50s, depending upon if a team falls in love with them, but definitely on people's radar. But we're talking about Tremont Waters, Skylar Mays, Nazareed, all those really talented guys. Um, I think they handle LSU in the first round. I mean, I think they handle Yale in the first round. Yeah, agreed. Uh, Yale is a good squad. They got a good squad. Mm -hmm. Um, They run. So that should be a fun game, though. Yeah, it should. And fun fact, uh, this 3-14 matchup, this is the one with the lowest spread. So all the the others are in double digits in this current time um but yeah this one's at seven i believe okay and it, it started at uh lsu minus eight mm-hmm. and it's down to minus seven the rest are in double digits like the other 314 so this is at minus seven now yeah for which a is pretty interesting game i know yeah we like the line movement guys definitely definitely use the line movement to help you pick your games i think it's very helpful based on what people are i mean obviously a lot of people, including myself, kind of just want to block all that stuff out, block all the analysts out, and just go with their gut and go with what they see. But the line, using lines is very helpful because, believe it or not, Oregon is the favorite against Wisconsin, even though they're the 12 Wisconsin, the 5. Shout out to Wisco. Um, Louisville and Minnesota, the Patino Bowl. Patino, Richard Patino, standing on what would have been his last legs, I think, if he didn't make it to this year's tournament against his dad's former school, Louisville. Big question, do you think Rick Pitino will be in attendance? What's the line on Is Rick? he even allowed? What's what's <laughs> he's he's allowed to go to the game? What's what's the line on Rick Pitino being I'm in kidding. attendance? <laughs> uh he's overseas right now, right? Yeah, but he can hop on a jet anytime. Right. Um hmm. I'd say him coming to the game I think he, plus one fifty. You think so? I think he's favored. Really, I think not not by a lot, but like minus one thirty. It's his son. I feel like that's that could it's bring some drama. That's the I know. Thing. I just I think it's his son. Yeah, like I think he would be inclined to go to his son's tournament game regardless, and then especially this. I don't know. I think he'd love to see them beat Louisville. Yeah. However, I we'll do think see. I do think Louisville's gonna win. I don't think Minnesota's that good. Yeah. <laughs> Jelly fan dimes did not pan out in college. Not at has, all. Has not been has not had a very promising career yet. Um. Amir Coffee has been pretty good as their point forward. I think they kind of 
that was when I really knew how bad Isaiah Washington was. When I saw an article that they're going to make Amir Coffey their point guard, yeah. and he's just not a point guard at all. He's like a small no. forward with like a loose handle and an above average IQ. But if you're that thin at point guard and you have zero trust in Isaiah Washington that you need to go make Amir Coffey your point guard and you're going to make it a public thing, that's when I kind of knew Jelly, Jelly Fam Dimes was not translating to the next level. Right. Yeah, so I have Louisville. I mean, the middle towards the bottom of the Big Ten, not super high on, so that's where I'm at with that. Yeah, uh, I got Louisville too. Minnesota, kind of up and down season. Yeah. They finished strong with a win against Purdue. Um, but they got blown out in the Big Ten tournament. Blown out the Big Ten tournament. Um, they won their first game, but they lost the second game. They got completely yeah, Michigan obliterated. Thumped Michigan thumped them. Yeah. <laughs> Michigan. Yeah, I'm sticking with AC. Got to yeah. go with Louisville. All right, then Michigan State, they're not going to lose again as a two. Nope. So they take care of Bradley. And then in the Sweet 16, Duke VCU. Duke should handle them to move on to the regional. Liberty, Virginia Tech. I have Virginia Tech taking care of Liberty and moving on to the regional. Nice little home court advantage for Virginia Tech in D.C. Yeah. Underrated. Wow, how far is it? Like two, two and a half hours, three hours? To maybe? Blacksburg? Yeah. Probably. Let me look that no up. No more than I don't I probably around two. And then I do, like I said before, if Belmont does win this game, I'll have Belmont beating LSU. Versus if Temple wins this game, I would have Maryland beating LSU. I just for a team to get to the second weekend, there needs to be a really positive culmination of a lot of things and not having your coach and having a coach that is that inexperienced to the point where he gets a technical in the final two minutes of a very close game in the SEC tournament. I don't know. I just think that's a really bad look. If you're an interim coach, I don't. I think that makes the players trust you a little bit less. I just you need to be smarter than that as a coach. And so if you can't handle yourself, I don't know how you're going to be able to handle your team. Maybe I'm wrong, and maybe that was a learning experience, and they're going to come back better than ever. But I just think there's too much going on with this LSU team, and I think everyone's kind of picking up on it. So looking like a really favorable draw for Maryland, honestly. Yeah, no, definitely wasn't a bad draw. Not a bad draw for Maryland. Um, and then I have Michigan State taking care of Louisville and moving on to Sweet 16. What about you? Um, yeah, I have Michigan State taking care of Louisville as well. Um, Michigan, you know, it's Izzo, like coaching. Uh, I just like Michigan State in general in the, the tournament, Izzo? even though they haven't been too impressive the past couple of years. Yeah, the Izzo. I, this team is different because they've overcome a lot of adversity. I back that. Yeah. I back that. The Izzo, I think they're stronger than ever at this seeing, point. It makes me mad as a Michigan fan seeing like the whole like January, February Izzo. Like, no, that's Beeline. Yeah, it's Beeline. That's Beeline. That's sure. not Izzo. Beeline Izzo has not made it. And it is funny because it was Izzo. Like, you remember we had that stat where it was like every player that stayed four years since 2000 has been to a Final Four under Izzo, which is unreal. That's an insane stat. But the past four years, when he's had NBA talent, he can't even make it out of the first weekend. So stop this. Stop Stop this Izzo. It's not Izzo. Yeah. It's Beeline. Uh-huh. Beeline is not a lot more with a lot less. And neither of them have won a chip as far as, far as I'm concerned. So just got to give it to the guy who, in my opinion, has been more pre- impressive over the past couple of years. And that guy is not Tom Izzo. As much right. as I love Tom Izzo, it's just not him. We used to we used to pick Michigan State a lot. Remember when we were younger? We used to. I picked Michigan State last year. Yeah, that that was that was a big pick for a lot. Of, Michigan State and Arizona used to be our yeah, top and, teams. And, that we uh, those were those were both our picks last year. And look Arizona how, let and, us and down like like four years. Sean Miller, I'll never forgive him. <laughs> never. I don't care that I don't care that I love Nico Mannion. I love Josh Green. I don't care. They're losing in the first round next year. Yeah. I, don't, I don't care. I'm I'm done picking Sean Miller. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so then you got and then you got Maryland moving on. 
Correct. And then Liberty, Virginia Tech, you have that too? Yep. And then who do you got with that? I got uh, Virginia Tech. Okay. I don't, the 12 seed won't last too long. Okay. Uh, I picked that last year. I, I Honestly, I've picked it I have one almost coming. every year. I have one it coming. It just hasn't worked out I for me. I have one coming next year. Or you do? Not next year. I have one coming later on. All right. I'm excited. Yeah. So then I'm assuming Duke. Yeah. Obviously. Okay. So we have the same sweet 16 except that for that Maryland spot. So then Duke taking care of Virginia Tech despite the little home court advantage. Duke's just going to be too much and they're going to avenge that. Air, you see my air quotes that Duke loss. It's the, you and beat Zion <laughs> Williamson. Yeah. I don't care. Like, I hate being the guy saying, yeah, that loss doesn't matter because the game does matter. If it doesn't matter, why do you play it? But you didn't beat Zion Williamson. So, no. you, therefore, you did not beat Duke. He's, he's a big piece of that Duke puzzle. You think? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a hot take. <laughs> Zion, just, with Zion? I mean, with Zion, they're just he's insane. He's just ridiculous. Different. He's insane. Yeah. And he, he impacts every aspect. Scoring, rebounding, shots, altering shots at the rim, pushing the pace and transition, and just... I think it's just a fear factor. Yeah. Like Zion's coming down the lane, you're not yeah. going in front of him. Nobody's. And in you front see of him. him by the rim, you're going to be hesitant attacking the rim. Like there's a different fear factor that I don't think they have. Not that they don't have it without him, because they're still Duke and they still have a bunch of NBA players and they still have Coach K. But he's just a freak, absolute freak. Yeah. So then, and then I have Michigan State, and then hopefully we can be blessed with the Duke Michigan State Elite Eight in DC. That'd be pretty cool to watch. Yeah, I have Michigan State moving on past Maryland. Yeah. Even though Maryland's going to be playing D.C., if they do get to this point, is I was just going to outcoach Mark Turgeon. Oh, I see what you did there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I see. Always find a way to blame it on Turgeon. <laughs> um, and then I have Duke moving on to Minneapolis to play Michigan State. What about you? Uh, yeah, I do uh, moving past Michigan State as well. Yeah, I do. Too I athletic do, for Michigan State. I, I have a little storyline for you that I promise you, you will hear and see a lot during Final Four week if Duke makes it. Final Four is in Minneapolis. Trey Jones, Apple Valley, Minnesota native. Apple Valley and Minneapolis are 25 minutes away from each other. Oh, very You're going cool. to hear all the stats about how everyone from Apple Valley is coming to support Trey. It's a, ch- it's a childhood dream coming true right near his hometown. It's always been his dream to play in the Dome, and he's buying all these tickets. And it's, it's, it's a really cool story, don't get me wrong, but that is definitely going to be a main storyline of Final Four week if they make it there. Yeah, no doubt. 100%. So that does it for the East region. By the way, can we talk we talk about those John, the John Rothstein names for the regions? regions? All right, so we got Region of Prospects. So I just want the Duke. And he gave, region. so he said like Region of Prospects, and he gave like two prospects that weren't on Duke. And then one of them was Bruno Fernando, who's like, eh. He's I like, mean, fine. Like, yeah. I don't know. Is there not a region with more prospects? Like I feel like I can find a region with more prospects. Who do we got? We got Trey, Trey Jones, Cam Reddish, RJ Barrett. Um, but I'm saying like excluding Duke, like it's just the yeah. region of Duke, and Duke has prospects. I guess. I don't know. I don't know. No, who you, Nas Reed? Is Cavell Big B Williams concerned? No. N- Nas Reed is though. Yeah. I don't know. I've Tremont Waters. Oh no, not no, not anymore. No. Like um, I guess I'm trying to find one with more. I mean, I would argue Midwest, North Carolina, you got Nas Little, Kobe White, Sam Merrill maybe can play himself into something, Kansas, Devon Dotson, Agbaye eventually, Taylor Horton Tucker, Tyrese Halliburton on Iowa State, I don't know about Houston, anyone, but Fletcher McGee, Miles Powell, and then Kentucky, 
You have three top twenty picks. What do you name this one? Was it Sizzle? Was it the or Pace? This is the reason Pace. Pace. That's yeah. valid. I like that one. Yeah, I like Pace. Fast moving teams, up and down. Transition. The best. The best was that like, was it? Oh yeah, he had he had Michigan winning the region of Sizzle. Oh yeah, that's re- that's the region of Sizzle. West region of Sizzle. Michigan has zero Sizzle. Yeah, no Sizzle at all. And neither does like. Well, Sy- Syracuse has got some. Mm, no. Gonzaga. For Syracuse sure. runs no offense. I mean, Ty, when Tyus Battle's hitting shots. The only, reason, the only team with sizzle in, in that thing is Gonzaga. What about Florida team. State? No, sizzle. It's like grit. There's length and disruption. It's Marquette? Like, yeah, they're not going anywhere, though. Anyways, we'll so see. On, we're on to the, onto the region yeah, yeah. of sizzle. On to the west. So, Gonzaga, not going to lose. Nope. Baylor, I think the zone's too much to handle. I think Cuse takes that one. Yeah, I agree. And then... As I said before, Marquette Murray State should be a really good game. I'm going to go with Marquette on this one. My whole theory has been I think John ja Morant and Marcus Howard more or less cancel each other out, honestly. Like, Marcus Howard's going to get 30, Ja's going to get 28, a bunch of assists, rebounds. Maybe Ja. Ja definitely impacts the game in more facets. So I think he has that edge. But the rest of the cat, the rest of the, their supporting casts, Marquette is such a great, like, a greater. Greater, greater advantage than Murray State. It's not even close to that yeah. point. I think it's just gonna be like I think John Morant's gonna put on a show. I think people are gonna love him. I think it's gonna be a great curtain call for him heading into the draft. But I just think they're gonna be too much to handle overall. Yeah, uh, completely agreed. M- you know, Murray State for all the n- people who haven't really watched them, they're a good team, but they're no, not. It's the Josh. Yeah. yeah, it's just Josh. It's all Josh. He his points responsible for has got to be. Oh, it's through the roof. Yeah, th- through the roof, and that—that's just a that twelve-five pick. If you if people are picking Murray State, they're people who haven't really watched them. Right. I think. You know, there you are a lot. The there are. Don't don't be mistaken. There are a lot of those people. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Um. And then you have Marquette, who a lot of the analysts are picking, which is kind of scary because the analysts don't always get it right. Yeah. Um. But I think Marquette's just gonna be too much to handle, especially if Mar- if they're firing on all cylinders. So the funny thing is the lunch the the lunchroom banter at school is just classic. Like yeah, no, you would have thought <laughs> you would have thought John Morant was like a god that descended on earth like 48 hours ago. Like no <laughs> one no one knew who he was. It wasn't it's not like he's been in any mock drafts for the past 3 months. Like don't pay attention to that. It's just well, as soon as he's in the tournament and Bleacher Report post highlight tape then everyone's like, oh my God, John yeah. Moran, oh, Murray State Locked, Murray State Locked. Uh. So I like that. I like, I'll let all those guys get Murray State. Yeah. We'll take Marquette. And then Florida State, Vermont. Again, Vermont upset by UMBC in the conference title game last year. UMBC ends up making that historic win over Virginia before being cut short. Their run being cut short against Kansas State. But now Vermont got their revenge. They're back. Took care of UMBC this year. But again, I think Florida State is just not a team that's going to be prone to lose to mid-majors. Yeah. They, I don't think they have lost to mid-majors recently, have they? I mean, you just jinxed it there, but <laughs> I I just think, like, the way they play, they're not really prone to lose. Like, they're not, they're not a team that is relying on the three-point shot. They're not – they just disrupt you with length and speed, athleticism, and all everything above. And just usually that's not the kind of team that mid-majors beat. I mean, is there – a world where Florida State just 
candid shot because they're kind of mediocre shooters and they're not really getting out in transition much because Vermont slowed down the game. Yeah, there there is a world where that happens. I just I think Florida State has the upper hand on this. Yeah, one. too long and athletic. Yeah, for a Vermont team. And then Buffalo against Arizona State slash St. John's. I'm not really too high on Arizona State or St. John's, so regardless who wins this game, I got Buffalo. Yeah, I got Buffalo as well. Experience, as I said, went experience in guard. CJ Massenberg should be too much to handle for either of those teams who haven't been who have been pretty mediocre this yeah. year. Another storyline though, I'm rooting for Arizona State in this game as much as I love Shamori Pons. I need that Bobby Hurley like X oh, yeah. matchup. <laughs> Bobby Hurley, the X Bobby Hurley X Buffalo coach took the job at Arizona State. And was last year? Last year was his first job at first year. Yeah, right? last year. Uh-huh. So oh, I mean, when years. you really think about it, he kind of he's kind of under not underachieved because Arizona State wasn't really anything before he got there. But he's had two parallel seasons in the sense that they like shoot up in the in the non conference and then just slowly decline and decline and decline. And then when Selection Sunday comes, they're just like on the edge of their seat and they always just sneak in. Right. Or these past two years, they've snuck in. They they look really good last year when. At the beginning of the season, I was pretty excited about them. Shan the Evans, yeah, Shan yeah. Evans. I like Remy Martin. Remy a lot. Martin, yeah, right. he's fast. He's fun to watch. And Lou Dort's gonna be good too. I think Lou Dort should come back to school, but I think he can be a top twenty pick next year if he fixes up some things. Right. Um, Texas Tech, Northern Kentucky. I'm hearing way too much Northern Kentucky buzz. Texas Tech's not going like this two games in a row. Coming off a horrific loss to West Virginia, where they just looked disgusting. I still have faith. Jared Culver is going to turn – he's going to flip the switch into another gear. He's trying to make his case for a top three pick, which I think is possible. I mean, people are starting to pick out R.J. Barrett's flaws a lot. Cam Reddish is slipping down boards. And depending upon who gets the pick, if it's a team that already has a point guard, Culver is going to want everyone's last memory to be just a takeover in the NCAA tournament. And he, he can do it. There are times when he just can't be stopped getting to the rim – Hate to see him settle for the threes, even though he can't shoot. He's an average shooter, maybe a little bit above average. But when he gets going to the rim, it's hard to stop. And I just don't think he's going to end his college career in the first round to Northern Kentucky. Yeah, uh, I have Tex Tech as well. Um, I think that their offense, or I know that their offense can be a little stagnant at times. Very. Their yeah. defense is very suffocating. So I think that their offense will prevail in this, and their defense will, as always, be. Defense is really, really good. They're really, really good on defense. Um, And then Nevada-Florida, this is also a really intriguing game. I would be lying if I said I was 100% on either one of these teams. I still don't know what I'm doing. I have Florida at the moment, but that could easily change Thursday at 12 a.m. I'd like Florida because I think they've been playing really, really well lately. I love their recruiting class with... Nemhard, Keontae Johnson, Noah Locke. I think the future is really bright, but I do think they also win this first-round game. I've never been a Nevada fan. Um, the Martin Twins, they're good, I think. One of them, I don't know which, is significantly worse than the other. Cody. Cody's worse? Yeah. So Caleb, Caleb's form is so weird. Wait, let me double-check that. Whichever one scores more. I'm There's sure, one that I'm 100 sure scores Cody's more. Cody's the one that scores less. Whichever one scores more, they have such a weird form, and they like jack up all these shots. And last March they went in, they caught that crazy comeback against Cincinnati, but I just don't think they have it this year. They've been consistently underachieving this entire year. Rumors about Musselman going to UCLA, and I think there's just a lot of things swirling versus Florida, who 
should have had a chance. Should have Andrew Nemhart should have had three free throws to tie the game against Auburn, and Auburn was the eventual SEC champs and in very convincing fashion. So I think that's a testament to how well Florida's been playing lately. So I'm gonna have the Gators prevailing. I'm gonna go with Nevada in this one. You know my strategy. Guards experience. experience. <laughs> I mean, I just like. Yeah, I get it. They, they, I mean, they the Martin twins. They've been pretty good in March. Or last year, they were really they good. They were good last year. Yeah. I think that they're coming back. They got the experience. And this is their time of year to shine. Yeah. I just don't... I've, I've never been huge fans. Oh, I just, understand that. Just a little update. Fairly Dickinson came back. I don't know how. Did they win? Came back and won by six. Oh, wow. I mean, must have turned it on big time. Once we turned it off to start recording this... When they had got the N one to, they were still down six at the time. But, congrats, Fairly Dickinson, officially. Do we consider this a start of the NCAA tournament? Mm, I don't nah, think so. No, nah, uh-uh. it's like a ni- it's a nice appetizer. Nothing more though. Yeah, it's right. it's it's nice just so you have something to do to get you through these last two hours at night when you're just like, I need this basketball. I need the basketball. Mm-hmm. And the eleven games are typically pretty good, but I, I would consider it an appetizer and nothing more. Yeah. Um. So and then Michigan. Montana. Have Michigan. you heard people saying Montana's gonna beat Michigan? No. Have you? Yes. I've seen that on Twitter really? way too much. Yeah. Maybe I'm just on Twitter too much, so I see all these things that like I think people are talking about, but in reality, like I just I follow too many people or I search too many things up and then I just catch wind of all these things. But I've seen people making like a serious case and giving like stats and deep dives for Montana to beat Michigan. It's just not gonna happen. Interesting. I don't think it's gonna happen. It's a rematch of last year. Yeah. They pushed our last year. Yeah. And Michigan looked disgusting in the first 15 minutes of that game mm-hmm. and yeah. then ended up winning completely, like, convincingly winning. Right. I don't know. Wish, like, is Michigan really – Michigan not losing Montana. That was a chippy game last year. I don't know if you remember. Yeah, I do. They, they, they're not losing Montana. No. So no Michigan's chance. moving on. Uh, enough of that. Um, then I have Michigan beating Florida. I have seen Michigan being – I have Michigan – I think they're going to make it the second weekend – I understand the people that say Nevada could be Michigan. I don't think Florida could be Michigan. Yeah, I no, think I, I think, think Nevada really. has the star power if they catch fire, and I don't. And Michigan really struggles to score the ball, and they don't have that go-to guy, especially with Chuck Matthew. I mean, Ignas Brasdakis has been really, really good. Big Ten Freshman of the Year, he's been really, really good. But Chuck Matthews not being at a hundred percent, visibly not having that pop and explosiveness, really hurt them down the stretch with Michigan State. I mean, he was even playing crunch time minutes. So I see a case where Nevada can beat them if the Martin Twins are hot, Jordan Caroline's bodying people down low. I see that, but I have Florida, so I think Michigan's going to handle them. Yeah, I have Nevada, mm-hmm. but I have, you know, the lunch banter. Yeah. P- people do have Nevada being Michigan, Yeah, which I do. can totally see. Oh, so you know? wait, do you have Michigan? No, I, yeah, I do have Michigan. Oh, you said Nevada. Yeah. Right, so, yeah. Um, but yeah, people at lunch have been making the case that Nevada could win this. Yeah, you know, people are back on Nevada now. They didn't, yeah. they didn't like them two weeks ago, and now they're back. Yeah. So, and then I have Texas Tech beating Buffalo. Have seen both sides of this. Again, I think Texas Tech's defense is really going to prevail in March, so they're going to be able to slow the game down. Jared Culver's going to get his, and they're going to take care of Buffalo. Yeah, agreed. And then Florida State Marquette. This should be a really good game. I have Florida State prevailing. I mean, at some point, Marcus Howard is going to reach his limit where he just can't carry this entire team on his back any longer. Um, I think it'll be a good game. Marcus Howard's going to give Florida State all they can handle, as he does with every game usually. But 
at the end, Florida State is just going to be too much for them. Yeah, I have Florida State as well. I think that their length will be too overwhelming for mm-hmm. Marquette. Marcus Howard's short, but he can obviously create his own shot. Agreed, but I think they do have a bunch of versatile, versatile defenders that are lengthy that they can throw on him. And again, Marquette's other weapons aren't that detrimental if they catch the ball. So I think they'll be quick to kind of pinch in with Howard if he starts driving. And that's just, look, at the end of the day, Howard is still 5'11", and yeah, he does exactly. a great job of utilizing that size to his advantage. But at some point, I think that might catch up to him. Yeah, agreed. And then Gonzaga Syracuse again, not an easy, not a cakewalk for Gonzaga, but I do think Norvell is going to be huge. They can park Rui Hachimura or Brandon Clark at the free throw line, probably Rui Hachimura because he's better driving to the rim. But I think Norvell and Perkins are going to be lethal, just shooting right over the top of that zone and moving the ball. I think Gonzaga people need to give them more credit for the offensive unit that they have. They're stacked, especially if Tilly's shooting the ball well. He's just working his way back to 100, percent but he is an absolute stroke, and that's what kills the zone. So I think Gonzaga handles them. Yeah, agreed. You know, people always doubt Gonzaga every year, mm-hmm. but this team's unlike any other Gonzaga team that we've seen. They get, they got, de- they have depth. They've mm-hmm. got a lot of guys that can go, and uh, I think they'll be able to work this the zone because they got they have guys inside, inside if, and out. Yep, right, and outside. Yeah, I I think they're lethal. Um, if it weren't for the St. Mary's loss last week, I might have had them winning it all, depending upon who they're matched up with, but we'll see. Um, just to get the alert, this is, this is, this is when, I don't know who sends these alerts, but like, fairly, fairly Dickinson stuns Prairie View A&M in first four matchup. So either, <laughs> either someone wrote a really bad headline or we completely missed something. Clickbait. I'm going to click on it. <laughs> I have to now. <laughs> What ha- I mean, they won by six. A live reaction? Oh. Uh, oh, yeah, I just got that, too. Twitter alert. Yeah, all the people listening to this are like, aren't you guys supposed to be, like, college basketball fans? Like, how, why are you not watching the game? We're, like, watching a little recap on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, good way to start off the tournament. Um, But it's kind of hard for me to believe that one 16 seed stunned another 16 seed yeah, playing, exactly. playing for a chance to get absolutely throttled by Gonzaga. <laughs> Anyways, um, I have Gonzaga beating Florida State. I've seen a lot of people with Florida State. Yeah, I've seen people with Florida State in, in the Final Four. I, I made a little prop for them. Really? Yeah. I like that. Plus 690. Oh, wow. For the for the Final Four? Just to win the region. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know if they're going to do it. Mm-hmm. I don't have them winning the region in the bracket, but I think it's worth it. I yeah. think they have a roadmap, and this region could get ugly. If any of the regions are going to get ugly, I think it's this one. Yeah, no, it's definitely this one because so, Gonzaga literally got the worst draw. Yeah, I think out of worth, all the ones, I think it's one hundred percent worth a shot. Well, it's because they probably didn't deserve one, but yeah, whatever. Um, and then Texas Tech or Michigan. Hate to do this in my Michigan Wolverines, but at some point, John Belon, he's got to take an L in March without it being at the Final Four. Um, it's really this would be an ugly game if it does come to fruition. Yeah, it would. Two teams that struggle to score the ball and play really, really good half-court defense. I think the first to 50 wins this game, first to <laughs> 55. Who knows? But at the end of the day, I think Michigan, they got really, really stagnant against Michigan State, completely blew away that 13-point lead, and that was really scary. Not that Texas Tech losing to West Virginia wasn't scary, but just the way Michigan lost. I feel like this team is so different than last year's team. Last year's team 
when they needed a bucket, they could just kick it to Duncan Robinson. He could rise up over anybody. They could run the ping and pop with Wagner. That was so lethal in March with, I mean, his ability to shoot it and put the ball in the deck. And then Mohamed Ali Abdul-Rahman, just the ultimate shot clock bailout guy. Whenever there's three seconds left on the shot clock, just toss it to him and he'd make something happen. And this team lacks that. So I think they're prone to lose a game like this where they're playing a really good team and that is really good in the half court defensively. So I have Texas Tech moving on. Yeah, I have Michigan moving on just because of B-line at coach. Um, the Culver versus Iggy is going to be a good matchup, though. Yeah, that should be pretty entertaining to watch. Iggy's, Iggy lives for the moment, dude. Yeah, he's he he's going to have a good tournament. At that Maryland game at halftime. Oh, that was amazing. That was, I don't know if you – you might not have seen this. He – at halftime, he, he was, like, playing around with the fans. Yeah. And he went to the corner where – he was right in front of the fans, yeah. and every time he missed a shot, the fans would be like, "Oh!" And then every every time he made a shot, he'd like look back and he'd like do the money sign. <laughs> <laughs> he was so good in that game. He he, he lives for the moment, you know. He, he was he, so good. He likes that game the too. he likes uh, toying with the fans. Yeah, I'm. Did he? What did, did he? What did he? He gave the crowd. He gave the crowd the classic shush. Yep. He, did he mm-hmm. stick his tongue out? He did a bunch of things. Yeah, a lot. And then when they chanted "You are ugly," do you see what he quote tweeted after the game? Yep. <laughs> yeah, he said he said my girl the baddest, so I stay <laughs> winning. So good for him. Actually, Mark Turgeon, uh, told the oh, PA yeah. announcer. We need to talk about this. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Con- continue with the story. So, since when does that? Well, I've never seen this happen. Continue with the story. Right, this, so this every year, like, Maryland finds. There's a million things wrong with this, but continue. Yeah. Every year, Maryland finds a guy to say, you are ugly. You oh, know, you had classic. Frank Kaminsky, Jared you had Uthoff. Isaac Haas. Jared Uthoff. And Jared Uthoff. Oh, Jared yeah. Uthoff was so ugly. Like, every year. And all of a sudden, when we play Michigan and Iggy, it becomes an issue. And Turgeon <laughs> tells the PA announcer that to stop, to tell the students to stop. I think if we wanted to, we could spend 10 minutes making a list of things that Turgeon should be more worried about than what the student section exactly. is Exactly. Like, well, I, why, I you're in the middle of a game and a, you're worried about that? A million Come things. On. There's got to be a million things it's that ridiculous. he should be more worried about than what the student section is chanting. Classic Turgeon story. I knew exactly <laughs> where you're going with that. Yeah. Anyways, my lead eight matchup, Gonzaga and Texas Tech. I feel like... I don't like making my picks based on other people, but you got to differentiate yourself every once in a while. And I'm really riding Culver. I think he's so legit. I think as a team, they're just going to suffocate you. They made it to Elite Eight last year. Chris Beard is a hell of a coach. And I just think they have it. They can put it all together. And Gonzaga is just, I don't know. I don't have all the confidence that I did a week and a half ago. As crazy as that sounds, I hate to be the guy that flipped on him so quick, but Again, if you lose to a team by 10 that you beat by 50 earlier in the season, I don't care what you shot from the field. I don't care what your efficient field goal percentage was or effective field goal percentage was. I don't care. Like, that, that is just unacceptable. Yeah, if That's that kind of team shows up in the, in any one of these games in the region, they're going to lose. I mean, no, you, could uh, play, no question. you could play devil's advocate and just say Texas Tech lost to West Virginia in the first round of the tournament. <laughs> what are you talking about? Right. I don't know. It just feels... It felt a little bit different to me when watching. Yeah. I think, well, Gonzaga's offense has been consistent throughout the whole year. Obviously, mm-hmm. the competition has been good. Yeah, but, but they were good in the non-conference, too. Yeah, exactly. They beat Duke. But if you're making if you're making shots, you're making shots. Right. That's that's all that matters. It doesn't yeah. matter who you're playing. So, done with the West region. Now we're on to the region, the region of grit, or region of, what did, what did Rothstein call it? 
that Big Cat wanted to change to grit because they're uh, like big grit guys. But he called it like so we had region grind, a uh, region of grind, 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 region of grind. grind, region of grind, the West, or no, we just did the region of grind, the South, right, the South. Mm-hmm. Okay, the app is all messed up. Oh my, okay. So Virginia is actually going to blow the doors off Gardner Webb. Yeah. yeah, I mean What's, they're they're coming in this motivated. It's twenty three sure. and a half. They're going to win by thirty. Yeah. No doubt. They are going to blow the doors off them. I don't care. There's no reverse psychology that they're going to like go down by two points and get all scared. Like, I feel bad for Gardner-Webb. Yeah. Virginia it's, is it's, going yeah. to smoke them. That, so that, that, there's my take on that game. Um, Ole Miss, Oklahoma. Oklahoma, wildly underrated. Uh, wildly overrated. Overseated. Yeah. Overrated. Ole Miss has played the top teams in the SEC tough. Even sneaked out a couple victories, I believe. Um... No, they lost. They see they lost. They split with Mississippi State. They beat Auburn twice, and then they lost by Tennessee. Lost Tennessee by two, and Kentucky by four. I remember that Kentucky game. I had Kentucky, and Kentucky just couldn't cover the spread. You remember that? <laughs> no. Kentucky was just like up at nine, eight, like just like six, hovering around the entire game, and Ole Miss just wouldn't go away. I like them. I think they're good. It was a Marty Mosh type story. No, it wasn't. It no. wasn't bad. It was just like, come on, pull away, pull away, pull away, and they just yeah. couldn't do it. Ole Miss gotcha. wouldn't go away. I, they're resilient. I think I like that stuff in the twenty, and I don't think Oklahoma's good, so I got Ole Miss. Yeah, I got Ole Miss too. Uh, I would have liked to seen Seton Hall. Or actually, yeah, I, I, I'm Seton, fine with where Seton they're Hall at. Also, just shouldn't have been a ten seed. Yeah, there's yeah, no, that's yeah, exactly there. because Oklahoma—they're not even that good. They should be one. Of the, they should have been one of the last four in. Wait, honestly, while we're on Seton Hall not being Seton Hall shouldn't be should not be a ten seed. I don't think I saw a tweet that said like that listed all the Sunday. Sunday, all the conferences where their championship games were on Sunday, or even I mean, even though the the Big East was on Saturday, like the Michigan Michigan State thing, I think it's a valid argument that like whether we like it or not, the committee doesn't evaluate those championship games and put as much value into them. But if they're on Sunday, I don't know why, but it's just proven it. It shows every year, and there's no way that Michigan State should be a they shouldn't be a two seed. Fine, if you want to make them two seed. Throw them out west. I don't care where their fan base is. I'm. I can promise you, their fan base would rather travel to Anaheim and watch them play Gonzaga than travel to DC to watch them play Duke. I can right. promise you that. No, so, they got absolutely screwed. And I don't. I don't get this whole like we're keeping them close to their fan base. Like I get it, but it's one weekend, dude. Like right. they're gonna travel. Yeah, I know. No, no matter where it is, I know it's sensitive. And they're all about the dollar, and it's all about the business. But like, why are you having the sixth overall seed? Playing the the first overall seat, that, right. that's illogical. It's illogical. I don't. And then Kansas gets rewarded with the chance of playing Kansas City as a four seed. I mean, I'm not gonna say North Carolina got screwed because Kansas is not good at all. But like, why should North Carolina have to go play Kansas in Kansas City? Yeah. As a one seed. Yeah, that's ridiculous. That's insane. So, anyways, a little NCAA rant I had to fit in somewhere. But onto Wisconsin and Oregon. Wait, quick question before we move on. Yeah. How much do you think? I I was looking at this earlier. How much do you think a ticket for Duke at Cap at Capital One oh. is in in the lower bowl? Like just like let's say oh. anywhere in the lower bowl besides besides behind the basket. Take take your guess. Six fifty. One thousand five hundred. They're already up to a thousand. A thousand. I was gonna guess seven 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 eighty was my original thought. And I was like, oh, it's so high, like, already. Can you believe that? It's insane. I want to go. Yeah. 
feel like I'm gonna go. Not for that price. Not for find that some price. I'll sit. I'll sit in the two hundreds. I don't really care. If Maryland gets there, I'll be able to find some. You'll tickets. You'll find some tickets. Yeah. I, we'll also find some tickets. I yeah. guarantee you. Not, not everyone in the lower bowl is buying tickets for one k. Yeah. Can promise yeah, you that. N- anyway, that that's is just wild. stupid. That's stupid money. Yeah, that's wild. Um, I feel like it is such. I hate spending this much time on Duke though, but it's kind of like you've got to see him at any right. cost. Like, it's Zion in college. <laughs> I mean, how this is one of the last times you're gonna be able to see yeah. him in college? You know. I mean, it's it's definitely it's definitely his last college season. I mean, yeah. I just feel like this Duke team is like they've been must see TV TV for me all year. I've watched so many of the games. I love all the guys. Um, so they're in DC. I'm gonna go. That's yeah. <laughs> pretty much where I'm at. Yeah. Um, Wisconsin, Oregon. Oregon favored. I have Oregon. Wisconsin literally limped, crawled into the tournament, somehow got a five seed. So I have Oregon. I don't know if the lines move in the past day. Yeah, uh, Wisconsin's favored now. Wisconsin's favored Minus now. Minus two, yeah. Three points. Wow. Um, anyways, I'm still going with Oregon. I think I don't think Wisconsin's that good. Wisconsin talk about teams that struggle to score the ball. It's a very big issue for Wisconsin, and I'm tend to stay away from teams that do that. Yeah. Agreed. Got Wisconsin moving on. And then Kansas State, UC Irvine. This is the little – these four teams, I have no idea what to do with them. Like, any any of them can move on, and I would not be surprised. Yeah. And I mean, all, all that depends on this game is if Dean Wade is playing. Like, as of now, I have UC Irvine. But yeah, how much really they've lost by is, Dean Wade. Is, concer- is concerning. But Kansas State, I mean, if Dean Wade is coming back, I got to go with Kansas State. Still got Barry Brown, though. I think Barry Brown's legit. I'm taking Kansas State. I'm not really buying the UC Irvine hype on this one. So I got Kansas State moving on. And Villanova, St. Mary's, I'm a huge Nova guy. I just can't let it go. I trust them even when I should not trust them. Maybe that's this year. Just always put trust in Jay Wright. Still have two NBA players in Pascal and Booth, guys who have been there before. They know what it takes. Won two national championships. And look, that's valuable. Jay Wright in March. Jay Wright in March. I mean – Thing is though, like this is the thing. <laughs> Jay Wright in March before before they won that chip, before they won that championship, he couldn't get out of the first weekend. Remember they yeah. were that one seed. Oh yeah, they were they, that one seed. They couldn't. They, yeah. won, they were uh-huh. the one seed that kept losing to NC State. Or he's two, been good recently. Seed. Like he's really. I mean, yeah. they're a powerhouse now. Right. But it's just funny how narratives change so quickly. Yeah. Um, but I think St. Mary's is not as. I don't think they're an 11 seed. So I got Nova moving on. Yeah, me as well. That, that's crazy though. Look. I know I totally forgot about that. That's probably why yeah, people they, didn't have Villanova they were like winning the, at all. They were like last year. they were like the joke team that was like, "Oh my god, they never they never get it done. They never get it done until they actually did." And now everyone right. loves them. They they were very well rounded last year. That's yeah. why I had them. I mean, they were on they were unstoppable last yeah. year. Yeah. Um, Purdue, Old Dominion. Part of me wants to go with Old Dominion just because Purdue is like a one man team. I was looking at this. Interesting though. The spread I'm, is. Huge. I mean, I it's can't, like listen, minus twelve. I can't Purdue's remember this. Like I can't remember the stat I saw, but Purdue's record is significantly worse when Carson Edwards takes twenty more shots. Yeah. No, I've seen that. Stat. Significantly yeah. worse. And you kind of think the opposite. You're like when he like, but the best case scenario for them is him going seven for fifteen with twenty two points, and the rest of the guys can do their thing. Yeah, Maryland. He went seven. I think or he, six he for up like twenty eight. Yeah, he jacked up twenty eight shots against Maryland. So I was like, yelling at him. I was like twenty eight shots. Of course, of course. <laughs> Turf hoops insider, also heckling dudes on courts, heckling dudes court side. Always. Um, and then Cincinnati, Iowa. Again, I don't know what to do. Seven twelve. I had Iowa to start. I'm gonna go Cincinnati now. Iowa's just been really, really bad lately. Yeah. On underachieving, they. I mean, Jordan Bohan's a great player. He has onions. Jordan Bohan has onions. Yeah. That yeah. shot at IU in Assembly Hall, 
Big shout out. Yeah. That, and, I, you know player who's fallen off for them? Luca Garza. He, shout he was out, good. Shout out Luca. Yeah, no, he's a good Team player. Takeover. Yeah, he's a good player. Yeah, he is. He had a really good freshman year, and he I, I'm agree with that. He started off really strong for them. I think it's also a byproduct of the team falling off a lot. Right. Um, But I do agree with you. He's really skilled. I think he... I don't know if he's going to make it to the NBA one day, but I think he's going to have a really good final two years of his college career, regardless yeah. of Iowa's success. He's got he's a little really Jokic talented. in him. He's really talented. Yeah. He can shoot it, score from inside. He's pretty athletic for a guy his size. Yeah, he's legit. Um, And then Tennessee, Colgate... Got Tennessee moving on. Yeah. Tennessee, nothing nothing much to say about that. And then Tennessee, Cincinnati. I got Tennessee. Um, it's just, they had a, they definitely had a Kentucky hangover in that Auburn game. It's like 12 turnovers in the first half. They thought they'd won the SEC championship the day before because that game was like, that game felt like a game where it was like, you're so immersed in it that you're so focused on winning that game. And then you wake up the next morning, like, oh, we still have to play again. Like, really? And... I just think I'm not really holding that game against them. They played the worst half of, the, of their season in the first half, and then Auburn was just red hot, so it was too hard to recover. Um, I have no, I don't really have any worries about them. I'm taking them to move on. Yeah, I'm taking them to move on as well. I think they ran out of gas in that last game. Yeah, they played a well fought game against yeah. Kentucky, and they mm-hmm. have coming out with the win. But yeah, it, it, you could kind of tell that they were just they they looked kind of exhausted and tired yeah, at for times. Sure. And um, Villanova Purdue, like I said, I believe in Nova even when I'm not supposed to. I got I gotta take them. Jay Wright's gonna continue this up and down roller coaster season. Pascal and Booth are gonna prevail. Gillespie is gonna do his thing. And Sadiq Bay. Sadiq Bay's been a really, really pleasant surprise. Yeah. From Sidwell. Decommitted from De- NC State. Decommitted from NC State. And he's made an instant impact at Nova. Been a key starter and a key component of their success. Hopefully, JQ can turn around and my boy Slate can get some minutes. Yeah. Hopefully, we can see some minutes from Brandon Slater. But regardless, I'm taking Nova. Yeah, I got Nova as well. I'm still hung up on this Purdue-Old Dominion game just because of how big the spread is. But I'm kind of thinking, just ignore that for a minute. Um, But yeah, I got Villanova moving on. True. And then... Oregon's not good enough to go the second weekend. They just they just don't have it. Um, Kansas State, maybe they get Dean Wade back. Maybe they don't. I just think they always do enough to get the job done. So I got Kansas State moving on to the second weekend. Yeah. Um, as of now, I have UC Irvine. But mm-hmm. if, if Dean Wade does come back, I will have Kansas State moving on the Sweet 16. But as of now, I do have Wisconsin moving the Sweet 16. Right. And then Virginia. I have a little Virginia rant for the end. Let's hear but, it. No, for the end. Oh, for the end. Yeah, okay. for the end. Not now. I'm not wasting it on the round of 32. Uh-huh. But let's just say they're going to move on against Ole Miss. Yeah. Um, and then I Virginia, Kansas State. Virginia's not messing around this year. I got them going against, and then I got them moving on to the Elite Eight pretty handedly. And then Tennessee takes care of Villanova. And Virginia-Tennessee should shape up to be a really good game. We talked about Tennessee probably giving Virginia a little bit of matchup problems. I do think Key, I think Braxton Key is versatile enough to cover him. They can throw in Jay Huff to give them a different look. I mean, Admiral Schofield and Grant Williams are going to be matchup problems for almost anybody. I think Kentucky probably matches up with them the best out of anyone in the yeah. country. Just because P.J. Washington has that same build. And then E.J. Montgomery is athletic enough to close out and then also rebound the ball with them. So I think they might cause Virginia a little bit of matchup problems. But at the end of the day, I think Virginia prevails just based on scheme, talent, and just... Coaching. Overall coaching. Yeah, yeah. Scheme. Just all just the scheme. Right. 
Um, yeah, I got Virginia moving. I had Tennessee moving moving on. Then I kind of took a step back and I realized that this Virginia team is coming in this so motivated. So motivated. Like yep. the, they they don't want they don't want to get embarrassed again. Um, this wouldn't be an embarrassment, but I think that they want they want they want to ruin they want to squash the narrative that Virginia is gonna Virginia. Exactly. I've seen that yeah. way too much. Yeah. Exactly. They want to squash that. So then moving on, our final region, the region of pace, Midwest. Pace. <laughs> region of pace. North Carolina takes care of Iona. No worries about that. Then Utah State, Washington. I've seen a lot of people on both sides of the fence with this one. I'm riding Utah State. I think Washington has been, I mean, the Pac-12. You just can't trust the Pac-12 in that lazy zone. And Sam Merrill is an absolute bucket, as you mentioned before. I'm taking Utah State to move on. Honestly, who do you who? What conference do you like more, Pac-12 or American? Which one do you think is better? Like, do I really have to pick? Like, can I pick the can I pick can I pick the Ohio Valley? <laughs> <laughs> I I just I'm gonna say Amer like American, yeah, yeah. Like at least the American has Houston who like won thirty games. Right. Yeah, I, I'm I'm going like with Washington's Utah supposed to be the best team, and they lose to the worst team. Yeah. Like Cal might be the worst of like the power like. Pac-12, all the like Big Ten, like they yeah, might they be the worst to program. Them? Oh come like, on! How do you? It's just yeah. un- it's unacceptable. So yeah, um, Pac-12 is horrible. Pac- not to mention Pac-12 is impossible to watch. Yeah. The zone, the like lack of skill, it's all hor- It's all bad. Only only reason why I can watch is because Bill, Bill Walton and Dave Pash. If Bill, I'm so serious. If Bill wasn't calling that, like it would be unwatchable. No one would watch a- it. any of the any of people the tune Pacific in for Coast Bill. Games. People tune in for Bill. Yeah, he's. So and do you see that when he got oh God, up, got up and, and, was, and then was like tight walking, <laughs> like tight walking the sidelines to get back into the booth, and then the guy dunks it. And he's like, "Whoa!" Like, as he as he, nothing ever happened, and like, all, all the people on the floor just looking at him like, yeah. "What? What are you doing?" We were all, we were on that train earlier than most. We were, we were here to build like when we were freshmen like two years oh, ago, yeah. and we were like, "Oh my god, this man is so entertaining." Yeah, but that was that was honestly when Pac-12 was at his peak. Because you would watch Pac-12 for the basketball, right? Lonzo Ball, Dylan Brooks, like Aaron Holiday, yeah. that that Jordan Bell. When Arizona was good. Arizona was good, yeah. like, and you'd actually watch it for the like, Trier. You'd watch it for the basketball, mm-hmm. and then Bill was just like added entertainment. It's like stand up. Now you're tuning. <laughs> now you're tuning in for Bill to do stand up, right? And props to Pash for somehow, some way handling him. I have no idea how he's done it. But <laughs> who kn- who major knows? Major props to him. Uh, do you think he complains to ESPN about being grouped with them or not? Oh no, I think. Or do you he, think they just leave it? Purposely I think he did at first because people tweet about him. I think he attention. did. He had to at first because I was asking him what his name was like <laughs> a year into them doing calls together, and he was like, oh, "What's your name again?" Like, <laughs> dude, you've been calling games for like a year together. Um, maybe in the beginning, but now they're so good together. Right? Yeah, they're boys. Yeah, you can't you can't change it now. Um, and then Auburn, New Mexico State. I love New Mexico State. They let me down last year. Guess night. they let me down too. I'm back again for more though. Guess how many players? Fair. Guess how many players they have averaging double digits? Oh, I saw this. They have four, don't they? Or is it is it three or four? So an average team be like four. Right. Guess how many? I'll give you another guess. Is it more? One. 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 I must be thinking of another team that's average. Or I think it's Gonzaga. Gonzaga, they have a bunch of guys. One player digits. averaging their lead player. So it's kind of like Florida State, where it's no one, balanced scoring. Their their most, the player that gets the most minutes is their third leading scorer at twenty five minutes per game. Mm-hmm. Their leading scorer gets twenty four minutes per game. 
it reads 11.3, 9, this points per game leaders, 11.3, 9. 9.8, 9.6, 9.5, 7.5, 7.5, 6, 5.5, 5, 5, 5, 4.5, 3. That's exactly like Florida State. And they I was run, that. they run... 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 guys average double-digit minutes. They're that deep? And, yeah, they run wow. 15 guys. They go deep. They run 15 wow. guys and 13. And it's like, when you have, unless you're like Marshall with John Elmore, like that would just go nuts. Like, this is the team that upsets people. Because mm-hmm. they just keep rolling out fresh bodies. They're running, they're gunning, they strap up on defense, they rebound the hell out of the ball. And anyone can beat you. Like, they're impossible to scout because any one of these guys can beat you on any given day. Right. You don't know who's going to do what. You don't know who's going to go off. They can all shoot the ball. They can drive. Or they're going to shoot the ball for the most part. They can drive it. I mean, they're just so balanced. It's hard not to like them because, fine, shut down one guy. Yeah. They're all they're it's all not similar. Like that. It's, it's not, not like just that. One you can't guy. just. Right. And a lot of these mid majors, Murray State, um, Marshall in the past. I'm trying to think of others to kind of. Like Bucknell when they had Zach Thomas, that was his name, right? Yeah, yeah, Zach, Zach Thomas. Thomas. He was tough. He was tough, but like those teams had one to two players. Like this team runs thirteen guys. Yeah, that's so crazy. So they're gonna be constantly fresh, and I think Auburn's gonna be riding this SEC championship high, and I think New Mexico State's gonna knock them off. Yeah, um, I'm sticking with Auburn just because of how well they're playing lately. Mm-hmm. Um, wouldn't be surprised if they fall off because you know at some point it's the hot the hot streaks have to come to an end. Yeah. But I, I like them in this one. I feel you. Um, Kansas Northeastern. Definitely putting this one on upset alert, but at the end of the day, it's Bill Self with a shot to play in Kansas City. I don't think he loses this one. I think there's – I got a spread alert on this one. It was eight to start. Yeah, it was eight. Okay. And it was eight and a half. Okay. It opened at eight and a half. It's it down to enough? six and a half. No. With 69% of the bets on Northeastern and 80% of the money on Northeastern. <laughs> I so to, I, I, this is what made me go Northeastern. I tried, I tried to take eight in school the other day, and the Wi-Fi blocks my website. <laughs> so I couldn't do it, and I forgot yeah. to do it when I came home. Isn't that crazy, though? I mean, yeah, that, that, n- none of the 413s are like that. Yeah, and the 80% of the money is coming I mean, in I on think them. it's just the point. Like, Jeff Goodman had Kansas in the Elite Eight, like, beat North Carolina. It's what, just like— What, here? This year? Yeah. Really? Yeah, and it's just like, I don't know how it can be your job to watch basketball— Write about basketball. And pick that. Digest basketball. Like, okay, I'm watching this. This is what it means. And watch Kansas in the Big 12 tournament, in the Big 12, Big 12 championship game, and pick them to beat a juggernaut in North Carolina. Doesn't make sense. That makes no sense. But at the same time, we also would have thought that about South Carolina when they made the So different. That's that just, was a seven seed. Yeah, like, that's it, seven yeah, seed, but the, it's just like, who would who would have thought? But yeah, but I don't think Kansas th- there's n- that They have no experience. Yeah, they're, no. They're not experienced. They're all, Devon they start Dotson. four freshmen. They start four yeah, freshmen. Yeah, exactly. All right, Iowa State, I got them over Ohio State. I don't think Ohio State's that good. Yeah, me neither. It's kind of stuck into the field. Could have gone to Dayton, but made it to the real field. I got I got Iowa State, no problem. Yeah, I got Iowa State as well, riding the hot hand. Um, Houston, Georgia State. Some seen some people on Houston. Um, some seen some people on Georgia State just because the lack of trust with the American Conference. That's not just us. We're not the only American haters out there. Um, I'm still gonna stick with Houston. I mean, you win. If you win 31 games in a season, you're pretty legit. I don't care who you play. And they just win consistently, so I don't think that's going to stop at the round of 32. So I got them moving on. Yeah, me as well. Uh, I, I didn't, wasn't able to watch Georgia State. I was out in Chicago. Yeah, I didn't get to. I didn't check them out either. Yeah, but yeah, I think Houston's just going to 
it should be they should cruise to a victory. Yeah, agreed. Um, and then Wofford, Seton Hall, one of our that was your most entertaining game oh, in the yeah. first round. Talked about both those guys. I got Fletcher McGee and and Wofford. They're so much fun to watch. They run a great system. If you're a hoop junkie, check out at Half Court Hoops on Twitter. They posted a bunch of Wofford sets. They're absolutely unreal. Yeah, the that, stuff that was they a cool run, set. The stuff I, I they do that. for Fletcher McGee is super creative and really, it's really cool to watch and see it develop. And just a team that executes like that, they're not going to stop in the NCAA tournament. And yeah, my, it's I'm to the point where Miles Powell like let him go for 35. Yeah, just as long as no one else kills you, he's gonna he's gonna get his. You may as well let him do his thing. Yeah, if they, like, if Miles Kale isn't hitting his shots or if they shut him down, it's. Like who yeah. else do they have? And, and to the way too logical basketball fans that like like oh you're gonna let him get to the basket now that just means like close off everyone else make him jack twenty eight shots and right. if he gets forty on twenty eight shots you'll live yeah agree no that that'd be thirty five on twenty eight shots forty fair. on twenty eight yeah, shots fair. would be pretty fucking good um and then Kentucky against Abilene Christian Kentucky's taking this one no problem yep while we're on Kentucky though. did you see Calipari Calipari is the ultimate schmoozing salesman. Did you see what was in the background of him when he was doing his ESPN interview? No, I didn't. It's he's doing it in his living room. And then all of a sudden, in the background, you just see three frame jerseys. It's Derrick Rose, Team USA, Anthony Davis, or Anthony, Anthony Davis, Team USA, John Wall, All-Star, and DeMarcus Cousins, All-Star. Hmm. Just sitting in the living room. Like, not, <laughs> hung, not hung up, just leaning against, like, his wall. I was just like, yeah. Were they were they cased in? Yeah, yeah, no, they were they were, but they weren't like hung, like he clearly. Moved well, they were just them. chilling. They're just chilling in the background, just like, <laughs> eh, hey guys, just friendly reminder, like come to Kentucky, this what you can be. <laughs> I mean, he's just it never stops. I, you gotta respect it at this point. Yeah, fair. Um, did, did, I don't know if you saw, but before they went to commercial break, he would, gave like a little smirk. He was like, oh yeah, <laughs> and he also he talked he also talked about Grant Williams flopping. Put Grant Williams on blast oh, for really? flopping. Yeah. yeah, I didn't catch the whole interview. I just saw him before. It was it was entertaining. Yeah, yeah. He he can grow. He can grow on me depending upon the time. Yeah, no, I, I've I've grown to like him. Um, and then so then I have, still have, as much as I love Wofford, gotta have Kentucky taking care of them. Kentucky's way too talented, and they've been playing really good basketball as of late. It got them moving on pretty handily. Yeah, I've seen Hall versus Kentucky. I think it's gonna be hard to beat Kentucky for a second time. Yeah, seen Hall beat them earlier in the season mm-hmm. was it was that that game where the shot cl- that yeah that clock issue yep. Yep. oh yeah or wait no was that was st john's no that wasn't the clock issue it was i mean they both hit like wild like half court shots oh like yeah, yeah 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 that was it that shot. was it yeah. yeah um but yeah i think you know kentucky's a much better team than they were earlier in the season mm-hmm. i got kentucky moving on agreed um and then like i said before i'm pretty high on iowa state when i was talking about taylor horton tucker not that high on the American Conference. Put those two together, and I got Iowa State going to the second round. Yeah. Or second weekend. I have the same exact take. Um, and then, like I said, talked up New Mexico State. I'm riding them to the second weekend for the second year in a row. Hopefully, they don't let me down again. If they let me down again, we're just going to be in the same spot as we are with Sean Miller right now, where you just right. stay away. No matter what, stay away. Can't do it anymore. But for now, book them to the second weekend with a matchup against North Carolina. Yeah, I have Auburn versus uh, Northeastern. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you watched Pusicha at all? On I don't know if that's I haven't called Northeastern yet. No, I was watching the uh, you're at Travis the Travis Scott concert. Right? Yeah, yeah, I was able to Were watch. They, is that when the game was? Yeah, okay. uh-huh. Pusicha. I mean, he lights it up from three. I think he had six threes. In that oh game. no, I did catch them, and I was doing some research. I was talking to my friends about my camp friends about this. Yeah, 
Northeastern shoots like 43% from three and yeah. like close to half their shots are threes. Yeah, which is so ridiculous. Yeah, that's that's dangerous. That's the formula yeah, right there. Right. Like if you catch fire, you get hot, that's dangerous. Yeah, and Auburn's giving up 68 points a game, which is solid. Yeah. It's fine. Um, then I got North Carolina and Kentucky. Um, Part of the stories, one of the stories I saw is, oh, Kentucky's going to get it, their chance for revenge against Luke May for that shot. Like, no one that played significant minutes for Kentucky right now was a part of that. Right. No one. Yeah. Not one person. Exactly. They're, they're freshmen or sophomores. The only one that remembers is John Kyle Perry. And I'm sure he's pr- so pretty pissed about it, but it's just funny that, like, all these, like, Kentucky people are like, oh, we need our revenge. And, like, the players, like, were, like, still deciding when they were going to co- go to college when that shot happened. Yeah. And it's just, it's funny how, like, the turnover, like, we still hold these grudges, but the roster turnover is, like, kind of, like, completely negates it, in my opinion. Yeah, agreed. But with all that being said, I think North Carolina's too good. They push the pace. Kobe Way is a freaking transition. It's, it's literally a blur just the way he gets up and down the court. It's, he really has the pull-up game going, the finishing. He's got it all in the bag. And I think he's going to solidify himself as definitely a lottery pick and maybe sneak himself into the top 10. And then they got the experience, Kenny Williams, Luke May. Whether we like it or not, Luke May gets the job done. So I got North Carolina going to Minneapolis. Yeah. Um, oh, we're doing a, this Elite Eight? Yeah. Oh, okay. did I skip? Oh, I skipped. I completely skipped over that. Well, <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, I mean, I have Kentucky beating Iowa State at some point. The Big 12, I don't really buy yeah. Iowa State that much. I think Kentucky's really, really good. And then you got to assume New Mexico State's Cinderella run ends there. So, yeah. yeah. My Sweet 16 didn't really have much to say. Yeah, same. Um, but, yeah, then you got North Carolina versus Kentucky. Which should be fun. Yeah, no, that's going to be a great game. Yeah, that'll be fun. I'm taking my experience. As always, got North Carolina moving on. Yeah. Even though Kobe White's not that experienced, he plays like a veteran. Yeah. Um. And I, th- I just think Kentucky's too young of a team. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. And North um, Carolina's playing their best basketball North Carolina's right now, despite playing, the loss to Duke. That was such a really good game. That was, Great game. I mean, that was an up, that, that up was a and champ, down. championship-looking game. Yeah. I hope they mean the championship. I don't yeah. have them, but that would be sick. I'm thinking about it. I like Gonzaga a lot, but that's that's one of the things I've circled on my bracket to do a little extra research on, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. All right, so my Elite Eight, or Final Four right now, I Duke... So my final, both my final four teams have played each other already. Um, that's also a testament to the fact that three of them are from the same conference. But Duke and Texas Tech actually met in MSG, in a neutral site non-conference game. Duke took ended up taking care of them, but Texas Tech gave them a really good game. Kind of that was kind of Jared Culver's breakout game, kind of burst onto the national scene. Gave him like twenty three points, had a poster dunk, couple threes, just shoot off the entire package. However, though, I think Duke takes care of them again. Um, and moves on to the after championship game. Yeah, my final four is all one seeds. Yeah, but I, I think that I don't this knock is the year it, it happens. I don't knock it because you look at recent years and the one seeds. What would you have last year? Xavier, like they weren't even that good. Nope. And that, th- this is the year where there's a separation. I think I mentioned this earlier. Yeah. A separation between the ones and twos, and then there's threes and up. Who threes to call it six or five maybe right are all the same I it's throw, just two different tiers yeah and then so yeah i've so, gonzaga okay, so you've gonzaga duke rematch yeah but who's taking that i for now i've gonzaga but mm. i really want the thing is i don't like ring for duke yeah you know 
Um, but obviously, I'm st- I still. It's hard that. to beat a team twice, and Duke's at their best right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm not 100 percent sure on it, but I do have Gonzaga right now. All right, and then on my bottom, I got Virginia and North Carolina rematch of they played a really good game in Dean Dome, like really really good game. Oh yeah. I think Virginia's just gonna be able to slow down. They're gonna get. They're gonna get in front of the break. Not let, they're gonna slow Kobe down, Kobe White down in the full court. Make him execute in the half court. Um, I mean, I don't know. I just think when North Carolina gets slowed down and they're forced to fully execute, I think that's when Kobe White starts to make some of his freshman mistakes, which he still does make. And Nasdaq has been really inconsistent for them. Kenny Williams, if he's not flopping on an RJ Barrett extension, then <laughs> sometimes he's not all that effective if he's not making shots. But I mean, North Carolina has a lot of weapons, but I just think Virginia is so good. I'm going to save, I'm saving my Virginia rant for just for the championship. One game. more game. <laughs> One more game we got to get through, but I have Virginia moving on. Okay. Uh, I have North Carolina moving on. Um, more experience in Virginia, mm-hmm. I'd like to say. And I like North Carolina's guard play a little bit better, even though I just think my question is, is Ty Jerome's shiftiness? And Ty Jerome is elite. He, There's no yeah. questions. No questions that's asked. Fair. That's fair. No questions asked. W- will it last deep in the tournament against athletic teams? Yes. Yes. We'll, we'll see. Yes. But I, yeah, I'm so th- these two matchup, these two matchups, Duke versus Gonzaga, UVA versus North Carolina. I hope it happens. I mean, yeah, it'd be it'd entertaining. It but I. Literally a flip of a coin or not, I literally don't. I'm still unsure. Yeah, Virginia UNC gonna is going to come gonna down be the tough. wire. Virginia it's going to be like 11:30 decision for me on Thursday. Yeah, <laughs> I do think if Kentucky beats North Carolina, I think that's a more favorable matchup for Virginia. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But either way, I've UVA moving on. So I'll let you go first. Championship game, who you got? All right, so I have Gonzaga versus North Carolina. So I have two separate also brackets. That's also a rematch. Yeah, uh huh. It is. Um. So I have two separate brackets. So I just picked one, North Car- one North Carolina, one Gonzaga. So okay. I don't really have much to say. So, oh, so you don't know who's gonna win? Nope. Okay. All right. Thanks for that. <laughs> um, so, here we go. I'm waiting a really, really long time to say this. Virginia's gonna be Duke. Because Virginia is different this year. You may I ask why they're different? Yeah, let's hear it. Why are they different? Why do you why do you think they're different this year? DeAndre Hunter. That's one reason. They they have three NBA players. They never had uh-huh. three NBA players. Right. And you're gonna say, well, they had Kyle Guy and Todd Drum last year. No, they, this is a different level. Uh-huh. Kyle Guy is taking his off ball movement game, curling off screens, shooting at a higher clip, and Ty Drum on ball improvement, reading the pick and rolls. I mean, just he's averaging, I think, five assists per game on like one point six turnover and one point six turnovers. Yeah, Takes care sir. of the ball. Finds the right guys, makes the right reads, does it all. Soft touch in the lane. I mean, I loved I, Ty Jerome and Kyle Guy are my favorite backcourt in the country. It's not even close. They're so much fun to watch. They're fundamental. They get the job done. They play both ways. And I haven't even mentioned DeAndre Hunter yet, who's going to be a top five pick. Yeah. Like, Virginia is not the same as they. Like, look, is Virginia still prone to upsets because they play a slower pace with less possessions? And so if they run to a team that's catching fire, could they lose? Yes. Yeah. I'm not saying they're locked to win. But this team is so much different than all the other teams in the past because they legit have three really, really high-level offensive weapons. Fine, you don't want to count Hunter as a legit offensive weapon 
I'll give you a half. But he is one of the best defenders in the country and can lock down basically anyone. Yeah. Not lock. I mean, maybe not lock down Zion, but he is going to be the best at slowing him down. Him and Braxton Key combined. So they're just different. Like they have the outside shooting. They can get to the rim. Kia Clark is a really good role player off the bench. I just like everything they bring bring to the table. Not to mention they're motivated. Yeah. Like they're they've heard very, it all. Very. They've been waiting a, a whole year to get back to this point. They took care of. I mean, they just looked consistently every night like the best team in the country. And obviously, Duke handed them two L's. And so you're gonna say, oh, how is Duke not the best team in the country? Duke fluctuated a little bit too much without Zion for me. And yeah, that doesn't really matter now because they do have Zion. But Cam Reddish fluctuates way too much up and up and down for me. Trey Jones is shot making up. Trey Jones' shot-making ability. One game it's there, one game it isn't. One game Alex O'Connell looks like a deer in headlights when he touches the ball. Another game he looks like he's ready to jack it from anywhere. I don't know. It's just there's too many variables for Duke that leave me questioning them versus Virginia. I've seen him do it every single day, and they're just different this year. They're not the same Virginia. I don't yeah. have them winning my last championship game. I can see that. It's a fair. Is that fair? Yeah. I like it. All right, any last words? I think we left it all on the table. For sure. All right. So we'll check back with you guys at the end of the season. Nikki and I are going to revisit this pod and our preseason pod, see how good and bad our predictions are, a little bit of both. And, yeah, so thank you guys for tuning in. And be sure to check out Terps Hoops Insider. What's your Twitter? Terps H Insider? Yeah. Uh-huh. Terps H Insider on Twitter and at Terps Hoops Insider on Instagram. Great follow for all Mar- for all Maryland fans. And just daily updates on news, recruiting stuff, even the offseason, coaching carousel, all that stuff. Mm, Coaching carousel. (laughs) Coaching carousel. By the way, before we go, I'd like to see, if we do get a coach, I'd like to see, uh, what's Seton Hall's coach name again? Shoot. Blanking. I'm blanking. Oh, all the people were in the mentions complaining that he didn't win um, coach of the year. I mean, yeah, he could have. Who'd they give it to? Jay Wright? Oh, Kevin Willard. Yeah, Kevin Willard. Willard. Yeah. yeah, they gave it to I, I Jay like Wright. I like him a lot. I like him a lot. Yeah, they gave it to Jay Wright. So, we'll see where this goes. I'm pretty confident in my picks as usual, but that hasn't really panned out for me in years past. So, we'll see where it goes. Thank you guys for joining me, and thank you, Nikki, for joining me. And be sure to check out my stuff at JakeInThePaint on Twitter, JakeInThePaint.com, and at JakeInThePaint underscore on Instagram. And see you guys next time.